I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Hey, America and Sweden will greet. I definitely, I like the Swedes. Canada, I guess. Sean, you may be in Canada for all we know. I don't think that's any of your business. (laughs) I don't think that's anybody listening's business where I am or, or where or where I'm staying. Um, Sean, Sean Gentile, I'm Craig Custance, uh, one one of the many hosts of the Athletic Hockey Show. Sean Gentile is a, a featured player. Yeah, featured uh, uh, player. Sean. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a You're a punky, Andy punky Sandberg. Johnson. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Welcome to this week's episode. Um, and it is a jam-packed. For for once, I'm going to do my job and actually tell you what's coming on the episode here. We've got Joe Smith waiting patiently. Not only not only is he sitting like on the Zoom, he, he can't make any noise right now. Those are the rules, as we all know about Zoom guests and the podcast. Um, we also got a late start, and then we just started talking about hurricanes and evacuations, and then about Mark Bulger and and how Sean knows him. Friend of the family, Somehow, friend, of the fa- friend of the family, St. Louis the Rams, Rams legend, Mark Bulger. And finally, Joe was like, "Hey, guys, I have to go to practice. Can we record work today, podcast? guys? Wait a second, wait, <laughs> Sean, wait, 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 who wait, is wait, that? Wait. Why are you Why are you still going to Lightning practice? This is like, well, I've got four NHL '99 stories, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, you slacked me about one of those. <laughs> okay how many lightning oh we can't say Mm-mm. um that's a little tease that we'll be talking about that a lot next week the nhl 99 package that's on the way so we have joe smith and i'm not saying joe's our second favorite guest on this episode because all our guests are we love them equally but keith kachuk was our guest in the seg- second segment if you're a regular listener to the show you know the kachuks are the uh, first family of the tuesday athletic hockey show american edition Tuesday, that's a hashtag. Can Tuesday thank, boys. Can thank Quinn C's. Hughes for that one. We <laughs> can thank Quinn Hughes that when, when Hughes is eliminated, we got eliminated. Hughes. Yeah, the Kachucks have are now pulled way ahead, and Ke- we're down to Chantal. 
in it, in uh, Taryn, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only two yeah. left yep. who have not been on. Might have a dog. We'll, we will get there if they have a family dog. So Keith, we we uh, Keith was going to close the season finale last year, and I don't know, he was in Greece or something. <laughs> Can you imagine he, he, that he had something better to do with his time? Former That's professional right. athlete with two sons who are professional athletes. Like, yeah, I think so I'll go to he Greece. Couldn't do, yeah, he went to Greece. Will we, we actually get into that? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, it's a great interview. It's really it was a it was fun. Um, uh, yeah, I don't even want to talk mm-hmm. about it because it was. I'll just let you, you the listener, enjoy it. Okay, but before we get to all of that, uh, we can now bring in Joe Smith. Now, if you haven't been following along at home, Joe is now living or in, in will be living in Minnesota. We've, we we've assembled the super team in Minnesota of Joe Smith and Mike Russo to cover the wild slash take on national level projects slash still right about the table. We lately apparently maybe. occasionally yeah. maybe yeah. when he's in Tampa and we are going to talk lightning with Joe today. Uh, first of all, Joe, thanks for doing this and all of your busyness and, real life things you're dealing with no you know no problem selling a house finding an apartment moving driving across country it's a busy week coming up but uh yeah it's good to see you guys it's always good to be part of the show always good um the question we have for you this is the one we were yeah, required wait, to read ask this, read this read this read this <clears throat> hold on hold on, hold on hold on i got my joe because this is all very planned and in your opinion are the lightning Still contenders? Yes. There we go. Thank you, Joe Smith. There we go. Oh, that was Joe Smith, good luck. everybody. Good luck, good luck <laughs> packing. Good, good luck packing. We'll talk to you about the wild. And, uh, Word count one. <laughs> how, how, how good do we think the Lightning still are? I mean, I still think they're a very good team. They're not as deep of a team as they've been in recent years like that's the biggest challenge that they're going to face is like they've got the stars right they've got the guys that are proven in the playoffs they have the best boy in the world arguably uh victor hedman kucherov sam Coast, all of them are healthy rate points feeling better than he did even until before the toronto series so a lot of things going well for that but they just you know over the last two years it's been a the brain drain of of excellent depth players you know you have yanni mm-hmm. gourds the goudreaux the coleman's you know this past year you know lose ryan mcdonough will be a huge loss for him andre Pilat. So it just they need to have some of the, the guys that were on the I'd say the fringes, but not the non-star players, the Nick Pauls, the Hagels, the Coltons, um, and defense. They need Kyle Foot and, and Philip Myers to 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 play well. So it's a lot of things. They have a lot more ifs than they had in previous years, I think, because of um, the guys that they've lost. Do we feel like the there was people that were really excited to to jump all over Julian Brisebois? Yeah, at the first moment of, of of weakness and say, hey, the Brandon Hagel deal, we see what you're doing there, but this isn't going to be the same as some of those other ones. Maybe this is, a, you know, uh, uh, an overreach or an overpay with the same kind of concept of getting somebody on the cheap. Um, how do we how are we feeling about Brandon Hagel as as a solution to what you exactly what you said, the depth behind the stars? Well, it was a slow start for him last year to get four mm-hmm. goals in 22 games after the deadline. It took him a lot longer to acclimate than it did um, Nick Paul, who's a veteran player. Hagel didn't know he'd get traded. He was shocked. Thought he'd be playing yeah. with Patrick Kane and them. And then came to a place where he was playing like third line. He wasn't playing the power play. wasn't playing with Patrick Kane anymore. So it was different for him. But the playoffs, he was really good. I thought he only had a couple goals, but he was 
he, he hurt his foot in the Florida Panthers series, blocking a shot. And so you, I think we'll really tell the true value of Brandon Hagel this year because he's going to play top six minutes. He'll play in the power play, some penalty kill, um, a lot more comfortable in his first camp. So I, I think the true value is that I think Julian Breesball saw that Andre Plot was probably not coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they needed somebody in that, not the same player, but in that ilk to be able to play in the top six, to be able to play those kind of roles. And so to have him and Nick Paul in the full, those are guys going to be playing uh, more minutes and, and especially with Anthony Sorelli out the first few months, some more media assignments there. So I think we'll see the true value of Brandon Hagel and, and how good that move might have been um, this year when they really need a guy like him to step up. Do you think coming into this season that the plan was for them, once the offseason rolled around, to sign Mikhail Sergachev for $8.5 million for as long as they did and to sign Sorelli for six and a quarter for as long as they did? Like, are they... Is that an outcome that they're that they're happy with, or is that just one that they're living with because that's just the the hand that the hand that they were dealt? Because that's a, I mean, they're paying those guys based on what they'll be, which is fine, and, and if they believe him, that's that's great. But that is that is a ton of money to expend on those guys for a really long time. I believe that was the plan all along going into the off season. I think that's why they traded Ryan McDonough. I mean, I don't think they wanted to trade Ryan McDonough uh, if they had more cap space or in the Keith Chuck days of no salary cap, they would have kept him. But I think. Um, oh, we'll get to oh, that. Yeah. that boy, Eleven million dollar man over there. That is a but, that uh, is a that is a professional tease by Joe. For, uh, but I, I think that's why you saw that Julian Breezeball asked Ryan McDonough two days after the season ended, "Hey, we need to move you." Uh, it's because they wanted to sign those three guys mm-hmm. uh, a year ahead, and that's when they're they're mo all along. They signed these guys to bridge deals that are favorable to them, with the idea that hey, we'll reward you in the back end, and we'll keep these co- second wave of our core together for a long time. And they believe Sergeyev has a one number one caliber defenseman in the first pair uh, or second pair now with the in there. But so, yeah, that's, that was part of their plan. Uh, the numbers might look a little high on a couple of the guys. I think Chernax numbers are fine, but if the cap goes up by 10 or 12 billion in the next couple of years, like those deals are going to look pretty good in the scene of things, but they couldn't sign those guys without moving a contract like McDonough's. And that's why they wanted to get ahead of it and do that this summer. What about Cal foot? I think he's a guy who's maybe not talked about quite as much. He's moving into that, into the headman, Headman partner role is taking over for for Jan Ruda, who really emerges. It <clears throat> really he was he was a, I I know this is a hot take, but Jan Ruda solid player for them down, over, mm-hmm. over the last over the last few years as the yes. as a top pairing defenseman on a on a two time Cup winning team. But is is foot does, is foot skill is foot skill set similar to Ruda's? Like, can we just kind of expect him to do the kind of stuff that Ruda did to let Headman be Headman? I don't know if he's as good a skater as Ruda. Uh, is um, he played a lot better going into the end of last year? Um, he, he played in the game seven of the first round against the Maple Leafs. Like he got a lot of uh, more important assignments and got a lot of confidence from that. But I think the time will tell whether he sticks in that top pair. I mean, I think they don't have much depth on the right side. I mean, Trenac and Sergeyev are pretty much locked mm-hmm. in. But Hedman, as he watched any of the games, like he plays with everybody because he plays mm-hmm. so many minutes. So he'll start off with Ruda and then he'll move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But this will be a big start of the season for Cal foot. Cause you know, he's got to prove he can play against those tougher matchups. He's not in the third pair anymore. with Mikhail Sergeyev had uh, been placed against everybody. So, and he's on the penalty kill, the number taken over for um, root on the penalty kill as well. So uh, I think, you know, as far as the development process goes, they've been patient with him as a first round pick. And now is the kind of time for that to pay dividends for them. Um, they need that to happen because there's not really, uh, you know, Bogosian's out for two months too. So there's not much depth there on the right side that they can just flip somebody else in there. Joe, I, I hope I'm the first to ask you this. Um, 
Steven Stamkos can sign an extension in the coming summer. Is he going to Toronto then, do we think, then, if, it, if that doesn't happen by Ju- July 2nd? Yeah, and well, it's up in two years, right? So I think he's going to wait. Until yeah, he's up in two. I think he has to wait till the summer. To I, think, I, think, I think he's going to uh, wait until June 29th of 2024 <laughs> and make that decision and then uh, see the whole hockey world in, in limbo for. Uh, and then Shea Weber will get traded uh, at the same moment. Something right about. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's actually, you know, talked about having the, the best, one of the best summers of. You know, as far as physically, uh, a number of years, uh, he had, you saw what happened last year when he mm-hmm. was fully healthy and back to the, the middle uh, center position uh, was really kind of inspiring for them in the playoffs, the way he played blocking shots, just scoring big goals. And so I think uh, now going into this year, this is a chance for him again to have a full season of healthy uh, play. And he's playing with Kucherov and, and point, I think right now on the, as far as, far as the lines are concerned. So um you know, with all the depth that's been tested, they'll have you know they'll like to have another forty goal year from this guy. Yeah, he'll be able to sign with with Toronto uh, a couple when years. Matthews leaves a couple years down the line leaves. because they'll have ample camps cap space to offer because Austin Matthews is going to sign with the Arizona Coyotes in two years. Oh wow, we're getting all <laughs> um, the no no. He just gets Steve Eisman will let him know he's coming to Detroit and the first you know he'll just be like Steve. Oh, um, Steven, time to come home. I, he had a God. He had a I, monster exact, year last year. That's I don't, exactly what I was you know, going to say. <laughs> I I mean. <laughs> You look Let's at, have a little appreciation. Okay, so you, so you look at the numbers. You know they had like a 106 point season or whatever. We when we're we're going through these season previews, and I, I wrote I wrote a ch- big chunk of the lightning one a few days ago. And even when you when you open the hood on what he did mm-hmm. last year, like it makes it even more it makes it even more impressive. And I think it, you know I, I don't want to oversell it, and make it seem like people thought that Sam Coast was done. I, I I don't think that's sort of the the narrative that was surrounding him, but you're like, yeah, maybe he's like kind of transitioning into a different phase of his career. Maybe like, he's like, you know, more of a power. He's going to continue sliding into like the power play specialist stuff. That is not true. That guy was a five on five machine last year. He was unbelievable. Hmm. Oh, he was terrific. And they needed him because point mm-hmm. was out. Boutrop was out for a good part of the first half of the year. And I think it was a kind of perfect storm of things that happened. Like he was healthy at first summer. He can actually work out versus rehab from a core surgery or anything mm-hmm. else like that. Uh, team Canada was a really big, you know, motivational carrot for him. You know, I think he would have made the team if they actually would have went to the Olympics. Um, and then getting back to that center position, which I think he he's been wing the last number of years, that's because of the depth they've had and this the way that they felt about him. But he showed he was number one center in the playoffs in the very operating point. Um, and so I, I thought what was most impressive to me, other than obviously the numbers, the hundred point season, and all that stuff like that, was the way he became, you know, such a huge inspirational leader on the ice. Uh, the way he was. Like, bringing guys into the fight and doing things that he was playing that without any fear or was uh, tim- not timid at all as far as not worrying about being injured, not worried about going to the corner. Like those are the one thing you didn't see from, from him before. And, and he was really playing with an ease and confidence and like he was having a hell of a lot of fun and mm-hmm. he was really brought that team to where they were at the end of the year last year. So um, that's a good sign going into this one for sure. And for the Leafs. They're, gonna, yeah. the they're Leafs. one of those teams that we're just going to – we're all ready to move on from. And they're as you sit here and talk about it, you're like, oh, yeah, they're still really, really good. Like, we're, we're trying to find issues. And it's this team's going to be – they're going to have a monster year. Well, think about it. It's been a 10-year run, too. Like, this window that we've talked about and we're about is like – 2015 was the run to the Cup Final, right? You know, mm-hmm. and then this has been mm. almost – we on 10 years. They went to the Cup Conference Final in 2011. Like, this is, you know – with had been in stamp goes like, so this is a, you know, I don't know how long the Blackhawks won when it officially ended or not. Um, mm-hmm. The Penguins, I don't know that less happened on the playoff series was what year 
the Penguins won a playoff series. Oh, Sean knows. Uh, Sean uh, knows exactly. It was, it was 2018. It was the fir- it was the first round in 2018. So you know, yeah, their window, their like in legit championship window, has been wide open for a long time. I mean, it helps when you have the the level that the level that Kucherov and Stamkos and Vasilevsky and Hedman specifically are at, and for like Braden points maybe. From a production standpoint, you know, a, a tick, a tick below them, but those guys are still, they're like four win players, all, all three, all four of them. Like they're, they're top of the, they're top notch, super elite guys still. And like you said, this is year, you know, eight or nine or eight it is. for, for yeah. them as like, right. as like, as like legit, legitimate title contenders. Well, the difference between the Lightning and these other teams we're referencing, like if they were built around just Hedman and Stamkos, we would be we would be saying, "Hey, is it time to tear it down or whatever?" But like they had other superstars come up through. It would be like if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Duncan Keith also had, you know, Kucherov or and and you know Braden Point. Like the, the, nobody else had those that next wave of superstars right behind them, and like that's that's. I don't know if we appreciate that enough. I think a key, and I wrote about it today. Um, I did something like have a deep dive in the development program with the Syracuse during the year, and like yeah. you know, what about what that was like, and why they this kind of how they use uh, you know skating coaches, skill coach, everything else to kind of build these players because that's gonna be the key for the next wave is they don't have any blue chip prospects, they don't have right. any future yeah. points coming. You know, they have that was that was gonna be my next guy. I, I saw you wrote that. I haven't got a chance to read it yet, but is there like? Is there a next wave of not elite players, but the, but the you know the maybe like an in-house version of Hagel or Nick Paul or these guys that they need to kind of restock the bottom six on on cheap deals? Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know guys like Cole Kepke this year mm-hmm. might make the team. Like he was from UND, and uh, you have missed a bit of sort of Duluth. Sorry, where I'll be going soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's one of the guys like a Ross Colton kind of player, you know, and he, maybe he mm-hmm. can step in and, and play on the third line this year or play in the penalty kill kind of thing. Uh, Isaac Howard, they get the first round pick this year. will be, I think it'd be good in a few years, um, potentially, you know, when he gets done in the school, but they don't have any of those guys coming. They don't have those blue chip guys. Those drafts that they were building off of were a while ago. Now the Sorelli's and, uh, <laughs> Matthew Joseph's and everybody else. I mean, the plot was 2011, Kutrop was 2011. So, um, the key for them in the development program is getting those guys that can fill in those depth roles because they already have the, the Kucherovs and the points and the uh, and the Sorellis and Stamkos is in the lineup. They need the guys that can support them um, on seven hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars deals and, and contribute to them because they have like fifty-seven million to like seven or eight players next year like that. Um, so it's they're gonna have to find some good depth around the fringes because Corey Perry and Belmar and Maroon won't be there forever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even even if they don't like this strategy of you trading your first round pick for one of those kind of players is that's always there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, yeah, ideally you develop them and you're bringing them up through the system, but it, you know, in case of emergency, go to the Blackhawks and trade. Not at the cost of adding a player who's good right now to a team that's great right now. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. Like you're, so, I, you can't prospect hoard if you're, if you're the Tampa Bay lightning, certainly they certainly don't though. Like, you look mean, at they, no, they, 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 no one's accusing them of for that. For the record, they are thirty first in Corey Pronman's pipeline rankings of the of the prospects on the on the athletic. Uh, but they turned like a radish and Kachuk into Hagel, and they turned mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Joseph into Nick Paul, and you know they showed a Nolan Foot turned into two years of Blake Coleman, which turned in you know. So I think although all those prospects that would be on the top of Corey Pronman's rankings mm-hmm. were set set off with yeah. those deals, and they and they have they have assumed the form of. 
you know, guys who have won cups on a, on a two-time champion. Like, that's a trade that's worth making. They've always called them, like, assets, right? Like, I think that's what Steve Eiserman and Julie Brito say, like, you know, these picks and prospects are also assets, and you have to turn mm-hmm. the, use them in that way, too. You develop them. If you develop your prospects well, they become really valuable players, not just for you, but for other other teams. I think they've traded all but two of their first-round picks that they picked as as players since 2013 or 14, other than Vasilevsky and Cal Foot remain of all the first mm-hmm. round picks that they've drafted since 2013. You know, um, it'll be funny whenever they have, whenever they actually keep a pick or two and make it. I know. I feel like this, maybe this is happening with, with, uh, with Isaac Howard, who, you know, they, they drafted last year. Maybe this is what, that's what we're talking about in a few years. Whenever teams trade away, like pick after pick after pick, the fan base like hyper fixates on the guys oh that gosh, they actually the draft guy. and it ends up yeah, being yeah. really, really unfair. Like we've seen it in Pittsburgh with Sam Poulin, like over the last, over the last few years. And this kid's, you know, he's a, was the 21st pick or whatever it was. He's not, he's like, it's not someone who in a normal situation you pin hopes on, but whenever you're one of three legitimate NHL, you know, can like projected contributors in, in a group, it turns into a very funny thing. So I'm sure people will be watching Isaac Howard's development like Hawks <laughs> over the next few years because it seems like that's about all there is in, in terms in terms of the high-end guys, at least. Yeah, he's he's the they don't have anybody else like him in their system. And so he's that high-end guy, the guy that, you know, plays the yeah. game differently, has a little swag as you saw at the draft. He was the suit he was the suit kid at the at the draft, right? Yeah, Whatever. he's like, yeah. oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm the best looking guy here. Might as well be the best dressed guy here, which is like what Sean Chantilly says all the time when he goes out. So. I hear that every day. I was, yeah, I was, say, I was saying that with my uh, with my blue button down sitting in the back of sit, sitting in the back of of the rink there. Yeah. In mid July, the New Jersey Devils signed Andre Palat to how a five year deal worth thirty million. And I, at this point in his career, this is for New Jersey fans as they get excited about what they have. Joe, what, what does Andre Pilat have left for them? And, and what does what he leave behind in Tampa? Like, what are they going to miss most about his departure? Well, he was the guy that was kind of like the third person talked about on all the lines he played on, but he was also one that yeah. kept it all together, like the triplets with Kucherov and Johnson and the point in Kucherov and Pilat lines, the two cup runs. Like, it's hard to find a guy that can play with those guys and complement them so well, which is why I think New Jersey wanted them, you know, play with their high end young players up the middle. And he's a guy who he's, doesn't talk a lot, but he's a consummate pro. He, he plays the game the right way in practice. He, he kind of beat guys kind of follow his lead. And um, he's the like leading goal scorer in lightning history for game winning goals in the playoffs. You know, no yeah. one scored more game winning goals in the playoffs than Andre Pilat. Um, he's up there. I think number three in playoff scoring in team history. He's just a clutch player a guy that everybody loves to play with. Kucherov loves to play with him. Point loves to play with him. So um, they're going to miss him a lot. They're going to miss McDonough, you know, as much or even more too. I think people don't underestimate the, the chemistry in a room and, and how a guy's a linchpin between the coaching staff and the players. And he was just a rock in there. And so I think it took a lot of guys off guard when they decided to trade him and how it happened. And, and so that'll be a, a one that they'll, they'll sorely miss because, you know, um, of what all the different facets that, that comes to play. Well, Joe, you got to practice to go. Unless you guys want to talk about Mark Bolger for 20 minutes. We should probably yeah, let Joe go. Well, my bad fantasy team. Yeah. Like, yeah, people love fantasy talk about teams that aren't theirs. This, that, they they love that. Yeah. Like better. Jonathan oh, Taylor, that's, that's first round pick. What happened? <laughs> Number one pick, you know. <sighs> all right. Well, Joe, thanks. Thanks. Good to see you, bud. Uh, good luck with the move. We'll, next time uh, you're on here, we're going to talk some Minnesota Wild and some projects you're working on. So that'll be fun. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Good luck this season. You're going to have me and Russo on together from his office and like Elmo, like we'll have like du- dueling, uh, 
<laughs> Absolutely. I just want to know how many radio deals Russo's lined up for you yet. Are you on like every uh, local? Uh, he's he's. I don't know if there's we've had one deals lined up yet. I think I've I've gotten all the the TSN like Winnipeg or Edmonton calls are get forwarded to oh, me. I think. Oh my gosh, you're getting those now. Uh, so like <laughs> anyone from like you know TSN like Regina will be you know uh following me like that yeah, but yeah that's great it'll be good i look forward to it. be a lot of fun once you get up there so whenever there's like a small army of people ready to welcome you guys when you arrive at your apartment after the drive that's that's when you'll know that the the russo the russo army runs deep they, they're gonna have Ugh. you know whatever food baskets and stuff waiting for you they're crazy people i'm scared to even watch what i say about mike people get you know, we'll hear about it if we don't uh give them the proper uh, attention he deserves all right joe thanks for doing this um coming up next we've got Keith Kachuk, um, who, of course, as we all know, as Matthew and Brady's father, played a little great guy, fun conversation. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are now pleased to be joined by the legend himself. Uh, As we work our way through the family tree, Keith Kachuk from the home home office in St. Louis, I'm assuming, right? Is that where you are, Keith? Yeah, that's correct. All lonely here in St. Louis. No kids. It's a, it's a dream come true. <laughs> is it? Like, how do you feel? Like, be honest. No, it, the vulnerability here is... is, is you know, it was, it was busy during the summer. Brady was still here, and my daughter was here before she went off to school. But Matthew lives right down the street. It's awesome having him home, but, you know, it's time to go back and, you know, get a little free time here. But, yeah, I do miss them. When is uh when is field hockey season? Is that a spring is that a spring sport or a fall sport? No, it's fall sport. So that's going on right now. It started uh you know mid to late August. So and my daughter was actually went there for like uh do some uh take some summer classes and um meet with the trainer and stuff and work out there. So it's been good. It's been good. Got any got any trips planned? Got any Charlottesville trips planned? Yeah, we're going, I've been there one uh, a couple times already. I'm going there again this weekend with my wife and uh, Chantel, and it's parents' weekend, so we're going to catch a couple games. And uh, you know, the team's doing well. I think Brady That's was great. when when we talked to Brady, he was sitting in front of that same wall in the house, and he was wearing the he was wearing the UVA lacrosse sweatshirt. Like I, he's I've, he wears that like post game and stuff too. He reps he reps he reps pretty hard. It's a shame he can't make it out for a game in the next in the next month. Yeah, he was he was he was actually there before he went to camp. Uh, him and Matthew both uh, Matthew met us. He was in uh, Florida, met us up there. And Brady and myself and my wife flew in there. So we caught uh, a couple games one weekend. So it was good for the boys to hang out with their sister and see uh, see how she's doing. So I've got three kids and they they seem to tolerate each other pretty well i would like what why do you think or what do you think you and chantel did to make it to kind of put make an environment where your kids are so close right they do it seems so genuine and i think that's why everyone loves it so much right well yeah i mean well first of all matthew and brady are 20 months apart and uh you know so they did everything together i mean you know I mean, they had each other. It's 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 important, you know. They always had somebody to play with, and, and then obviously my daughter came along, and she's a little bit younger, but she was right there in the mix. And you know, they did everything together. We always did everything as a family together, everything. And uh, I think it's important. I think it shows right now how much they care for each other and look out for each other, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, there's some battles here and there, and <laughs> some tense moments maybe on vacations nowadays compared to what it used to be. Now that my daughter's a little bit older and 
going through that college phase right now. So um, some battles, but uh, at the end of the day, they love each other and they root for each other and they love being around each other. So I, I mean, I know Taryn and Brady, it, they were, it was just them in the house, right? Whenever Matthew went to London, like they had that kind of year where, you know, it was just, it was, it was just the two of them, or maybe they could kind of link up in a way. It was when Matthew went to the program, the national mm-hmm. team program. He, so he left in, uh, he was actually a sophomore when he left. So Brady was what, uh, eighth grade and Taryn was whatever grade. Mm-hmm. So and then Brady went to the program and then Matthew left the program and went to London. So uh. we have three kids, you know, 18 years old and younger, all in different places, which is unusual. Mm. So it was tough. That was the toughest part for my daughter was when they both left the house. That was really hard. And she was, she was young. I mean, she's probably mm. in, you know, sixth grade or something, whatever it was, or seventh grade. I can't remember when Brady finally left. So it was just her. And she got uh, my treatment. I treated her just like the boys. And, you know, we went downstairs. We built something in the basement where she could play field hockey. And, we, you know, so we did a lot. I, okay. So I, I wanted to ask, can you, about that specifically, how much advice can you give her on field hockey? Is it anything? Because the rules are so much different because you can't raise the stick up. Like, are you <laughs> like, this doesn't rules. It's yeah, okay. hard. I mean, All right. <laughs> it is. I don't know. I, I just you know, just work hard, you know, compete and work hard. And, you know, I don't know much about, there are so many rules that I have no clue. It's, and I still it's crazy. It, it's a whistle every two seconds, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm yelling up there, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to get it a little bit, especially at this level now, it's a little, but it's still, it's not, it's not even close to hockey. It's just a, you know, the whistle and you all have to play righty too. Mm-hmm. And it's just, weird. I mean, you can't touch anybody. You can't use it wrong there's no backhands it's great it's it's no, insane well, you can use a backhand but if you get to hit it the right way you gotta turn it over and do it it's just it's a little bizarre <laughs> um so i want to you have to have one family vacation story did you have one where like the car got stolen or you know i'm, I'm imagining like the big the family truckster kachucks piled in you have well, any they, good they, uh, did, they did craig they did most of their vacations when they were younger yeah. when i was working so right. you know when i'm playing on the west coast oh, what'd school. you do for a living yeah. you, you didn't even get into that hey, he sold, he sold insurance those trips. <laughs> <laughs> I started paying for these trips now um <laughs> no we we just we had a lot of fun i mean they did a lot of trips when i was playing but then when i retired we did a lot of stuff together and as the older you get the the more difficult it is to keep them busy you know you know they want to do their own thing but uh you know, we had a lot of fun. We just actually had a great trip over in Greece um, mm-hmm. this summer. We rented a yacht and uh, had a lot of fun. And, you know, there wasn't many fights on that thing either. You know, we had, you know, it was good. Maybe towards the end, I think we kind of got sick of each other a little bit, but uh, it was a great trip. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And, man, I missed that place. That place was gorgeous. You guys had a pretty, Greece. oh, yeah. Greece? Yeah. That's it's unbelievable there and the water the water was pretty good so we got to you know go different islands and stuff and you know we i wish we spent more time off the boat but the boat was so good the crew was so good the the chef was so good they had a lot of stuff for us to do and i mean it was a, it was really really an unbelievable experience being out there and traveling different islands islands and, and just checking things out it was good it seemed like you guys had a pretty uh pretty memorable trip to the shore this summer between Brady getting engaged and 
Matthew's contract going down. Brady, actually, I was in, I was in Vegas with a, at the NHL media event. He you know, was talking to him about that. That's a uh, that would be oh oh to be a fly on the wall at that at, at that dinner in New Jersey. It, it was interesting because it, 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 you know things were starting to heat up a little bit in the last the, the, the days leading up to that, and we didn't tell anybody, and then. Finally, I, you know, my wife and I we were at the beach, Brady with Brady's future family. And I, I don't know where the boys were. I think they had to go do something with, um, like they, the one brother, John Farinacci, who plays at Harvard. Um, he did a little charity, like street hockey with some kids and local kids. So Matthew and Brady went to help out. And my wife and I went back to the hotel and all of a sudden I hear my phone ring, but I'm too damn tired. I spent like eight hours on the beach, had a bunch of Bud Lights. I was exhausted. So I didn't answer my phone. And and then, you know, he must have my brother-in-law, who's Matthew's agent, called called Matthew. He didn't answer his phone. I didn't answer my phone. Finally, my wife answered the phone. And that's when it was about, I'd say about five o'clock in the evening. Because we were going to dinner at six or meeting for dinner. We're gonna go, you know, bar hopping before we went to dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was my brother-in-law saying, hey, where's Matt? I got to get a hold of him. So then I got a call, you know, Brady's future father-in-law, his fiance, try to get a hold of Matthew. We finally get a hold of him. I said, come back to the hotel. And the deal was finalized, you know, before dinner. But they had to wait to see if the contract would go through with the league because this has never been done. So Mm -hmm. we couldn't tell anybody. And then finally we're at the dinner later later did a great spot what's it called butcher it's in jersey it's freaking unbelievable matthew matthew actually dropped a name when 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 we were bsing about it yeah, butcher, butcher block it was something, something it was something like that i'm telling you i don't know where it was in jersey it was freaking awesome awesome what did you what did great. what did you order what did you, what did you eat i was about i had a couple of fashions i could tell you that much but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we had it anyways um you know what about uh, nine o'clock ten o'clock i finally i guess you know Chantel and craig called and i said all right whatever and then he took mom out Chantel outside they did the whole signing there and he came back and told brady and brady and my daughter didn't even know what was going on because we didn't want to tell anybody until it was officially done we knew it was happening but um Plus, we didn't want to ruin Brady's day, but we had no choice. It was, that, was a, that was a big weekend for Brady getting engaged. But that Jersey Shore around that area, oh, it's gorgeous. Wherever Manis Square, where were it was really nice down there. Awesome. So now that the dust has settled, I think we all thought like there was a better than decent chance one of those two would end up in St. Louis as part of all these processes. And now it's like they're both locked in. They're where they're going to be for a while. Yeah. How 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 close do you think that was ever to happen? You know, I'll be honest, you working for St. Louis, we we felt like I wasn't involved in that situation with other yeah. was. I just it wasn't fair for me and it wasn't fair for Doug and our staff. It wasn't fair for Matthew. So I kind of I got iced out, out of it. I, yeah. I, I got iced out. It wasn't like Craig and Matthew. So um, that I didn't know about, but I knew about the other teams and they were just out of respect, you know, because I don't yeah, want to sure. involve in working for St. Louis and, you know, obviously bias about the blues, how great it is to play there and live here. But, uh, but I'm sure there was a few teams involved. I won't get into them, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a, it was a different process. And I think it worked out for everybody, not just Florida, but for Calgary. I have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for Crabtree Loving and 
you know, the, the trainers, the staff, the PR people, I mean, everybody involved, uh, you know, ownership and, you know, want to do what's yeah. best for everybody and didn't want to leave them hanging high and dry. And I think Matthew did it the right way. I mean, people can be pissed off all they want, but, you know, we could have done it the other way and really stuck it to him, really stuck yeah. it to him. But I like Brad for loving, have a lot of respect for him. And he was, you know, instrumental in Matthew's development, both on and off the ice in Calgary. That's so right, Keith. Like, like they, they maximized the return in large part because they got cooperation from the player. Yeah, you know I mean, mean? I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that happens a lot, but I think, you know, is unique the situation. Like I said, the respect for you know Murray Edwards and the organization and, and Brad Treloving, you know, what Matthew did up there and what he accomplished. You know, he he had a great time up there, and you know, it was a big part of his development, big part of his career. So I think it was important. People, I think, tend to forget that they just look at the guy that wants out, and that's not the case. You know, it's. We could have done it a whole different way, and you know, <laughs> we they're lucky, you know, and I think everybody's lucky that it worked out for everybody. Have you guys yeah. had to? Have you guys had to like come to terms with the fact that those guys aren't that that, that the boys aren't going to be playing together for their foreseeable future? Because that was always that was another part of the narrative publicly, right? They're going to end up they're going to end up together in one way or another. Uh, we know that's not on cards right now. You know, half the stuff that's written is, is false, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. some of the stuff. They never once, they never once talked about playing again. I mean, it's very difficult to do. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, I think it'd be very difficult, even though they're best friends and they love each other. They're both forwards, you know. I think it'd be a hard situation. Maybe down the road, if it works out, great. If it doesn't. But I think Brady's in a heck of a spot. Brady's in a, in a great situation. I think they're going to do better than people expect them to do. And he's a big part of that. And he wants to be there. He loves being the captain. He loves the atmosphere. He loves the dressing room there with the guys. And, and they built something pretty good. And I expect, you know, all these kids are all the same age, you know, and they're going up together. And I think they're going to, you know, within the next, you know, in that four or five year period, I think they're going to be a team that, uh, you know, is, is going to be, better than they obviously have been. And I think they're going to be a tough team to beat down the road. I mean, you can put on your scout hat. Like, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Jake Sanderson? I, I know he's like, a, he's been a topic of conversation. It feels like big time over the last little bit. I watched this kid, the program for two years. And then I watched him at college. And I think, you know, with his injuries, it kind of set him back a little bit, but this kid is a phenomenal player. Um, I, I know it's tougher for a D to jump in the league. There is no doubt in my mind this kid's an NHL player. And by, you know, like I said, it's tough for a defenseman at a young age to go to, a, you know, jump in there, especially with a, a younger and experienced team. But there's no doubt in my mind this kid will be up for the call there this year. Um, I expect him to be. He's such a good skater. Um, he's got a little bite to his game. Um, he's a smart player. And uh, I think he's going to be – out of that draft, him and Stutz are going to probably be, the, you know, if you look back a few years, they might be one or two if they redraft. <laughs> Who? So you spent, you had a place in Plymouth, right? Like you spent a lot of time. Well, we were down in Ann Arbor. We rented a in place Arbor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two, in two years with Matthew, with another family, yeah. uh, the Fishers. And then um, we got a different place in Ann Arbor, right by the big house with, uh, um, I rented a place with, um, with Brady and we brought in Quinn News. That's right. Who yeah. was your favorite player that wasn't related to you to watch in that era to, you know, when you were at those Oh games? man. I mean, like, first of all, Matthew, I'll go back to Matthew's team. Yeah. That 97 group, mm-hmm. you'll never see a better, better national team development program than that birth year. 
from top to bottom. You look at all the guys that are playing in the NHL. I mean, I mean, first of all, who doesn't love to watch Austin Matthews? I mean, he was an incredible player coming from Arizona and how good he was and look what he is now. Charlie McAvoy is another guy, a late addition, I believe, mm -hmm. to the tryouts. But now he's one of the top, you know, right shot defensemen in the league. Um, and then obviously Brady's team, I mean, Quinn Hughes, I mean, he's electric every, every single night he stepped on the ice, you know, got to watch, um, you know, uh, Josh Norris, um, wonderful kid, great friend of Brady and see where, I mean, all these kids I've seen since they were like six and seven years old, like, <laughs> you know, I've known these kids and Brady and Quinn played, we, we formed teams with, uh, you know, with, uh, with with uh Quinn's dad and you know Jimmy Hughes and then some Wendell Clark with Wendell's kids. So we they just played a lot of hockey together. And the same with Matthew with all those kids like Noah Hannafin, Colin White, all these guys, uh you know, Christian Fisher. So we it was fun. Luke Cunning, who I coached here in St. Louis. Um, you know, so it, it was cool. I kind of miss those days. Those are fun days, you know. Yeah. It's you know, you look back and boy, we were lucky to coach these kids. It was a lot of fun. They love to be, they love to be on the ice. They love to play. And it was fun, you know, going through that journey with them. And I'm so pumped that, you know, you just wanted these guys to get scholarships and have an opportunity to play junior college. Never once did I think they'd be, you know, in the National Hockey League playing. Never once? No. Maybe once. No, because I played, you know, I know how difficult it is to play, but yeah. you don't realize that, you know, I mean, when it gets a national team development program, but not when they're, you know, I mean, you know, 10 years old, you don't think of that. You're like, come on, buddy. Like this guy will stop growing. This guy will grow. I, you know, just, <laughs> there's so much that go into it. So you, you, you said something about the boys playing together that prompted a, a thought in my head. Who was one guy maybe, um, you know, you would have played with in the Olympics or something that you were super close with, but would have been terrible as a teammate. Like you would not, have, you know what I mean? Like you loved, but you're well, like, boy, we would have been I, awful I mean, teammates. That, well, that's a good thing, I guess, because we like to have fun, but yeah, well, I mean, I can't say because I was teammates with Dougie, Billy yep. and, uh, you know, JR. So yep. and me and Billy, if we, me and Billy played because me and Billy known each other way back me and Billy played more, Together, then there would have been there would have been some issues. <laughs> there would have been somebody might have got arrested. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, having too much fun. But no, he's uh, all those guys. You know, they're all great friends of mine. And, and you know, but one guy, I don't know. Probably my kids. <laughs> oh, we'd end up fighting. Should have hung on a few more years, I, Keith. You, that would have been great. Oh, Come on, you had a few. You had gas left in the tank. No chance. This, 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 you kidding me? No chance. <laughs> We were going to fighting. Oh, my gosh. Can you uh, imagine? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and, and Chantel, what it took? Her son's side. Not, not, oh, my gosh. Not, not her husband. I was, uh, <laughs> Those guys. So, we were uh, – there was this thing where they, you know, they did the, the car wash thing, the, the the media event where they just bring these guys, like, through one one after another. And I think it, Brady, and, Brady and Matthew went back to back. And both those guys got asked just constantly. Like it was the, the entire conversation was like, "Oh, you guys, you guys are in the same division now. You maybe ready to fight? Is is it? Is mom going to be mad?" And they're just like, "No, no, it's not going to happen." Like she's like, she's she's still got the rule in effect, even even though those guys are those guys are going to play together a lot more. 
Yeah, there's plenty of other guys to fight. Yeah, just plus, pick, just pick, plus, pick someone plus, anybody else. Yeah, plus, plus Brady would destroy Matthew in a fight. There's no doubt about it. Not even. Close. I didn't even. I didn't even need to ask. Okay, that's kind of no, what I was building towards. All right, there close. we go. Let's see. Right, Matthew, Matthew knows him. Matthew will try to outsmart him because Matthew is pretty sharp and he's pretty quick. And Brady might fall for it because Brady, you know, he's a nice kid off the ice. But he gets on the ice, he gets a little Looney Tunes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, they won't be doing that stuff. That's good. Uh, did you like? I'm curious. What did you guys tell them in terms of um, like we love dealing with those guys? Always have, and you've always been great. Was there any? You know, did you guys say, "Hey, this is part of your job"? There's there's an entertainment side of this. Was there any like coaching up, or did you, you know, kind of just let them I, find their way? I think to let them find their way. I think you know what? There's nothing better than a better experience for these kids, boys or girls, when you get to go to the rink with dad, you know, I think, mm-hmm. and my kids got to do it a lot because, you know, obviously I played till I was 38. So they were a little bit older at the time and they got to spend a lot of time when they didn't have school, especially on weekends. And I was fortunate enough to have coaches like Joel Quinville who let the kids come constantly, which was yeah. nowadays, some of these guys are, some of these coaches should just stop it. Like grow up. You're, you're going to end up being fired in two years. So stop it. Don't give me this rule. Oh, you can't bring your kid on game. Enough. Your family is more important than the goddamn game. So, but I was lucky to have opportunities like that to bring my kids on. I think that helped them along the way. And I think, you know, I always tell them be respectful to everybody, not just, you know, your teammates, but your staff, the training staff, the people who work at the rank, the media, you know, and then everybody's going to write stuff about you, but you gotta, you know, this is, you're getting paid a lot of money and you gotta answer the bell, but, be respectful. And I think, you know, they got some, they got some humor to their game. I think they're quick. And I, I love the fact that they have a personality. You don't want a guy that's stiff. And, yeah, you know, I think it helps both you and them moving forward. And I think it's, I think the fans like to see that. That's the, yeah. that's the big thing, right? Like I, I know everyone, we joke about like, yeah, it's great. Like Brady and Matthew make our jobs easy and all that shit. But like, who cares? It doesn't, that doesn't matter. The bigger thing is that like people, people who are watching the games you know, can connect and react yeah. and, 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 yeah. and enjoy themselves. And that's, that's something that's still just, it's in, it's in short supply. Well, it's a blue collar uh, fan base. And I think boys, we grew up blue collar and, uh, you know, um, I think it's important that you got to relate to the people. And I think people appreciate that. You don't want to give, you know, those straight answers are those nor- like those blah answers. Be honest. I mean, sometimes it might bite you in the ass too, but, you know, you know, you might say something that might be a little controversy, but I think this day and age, but you also got to be careful this day and age of saying anything. Um, but I think they're, they're normal and that's the way we brought them up. And I think it's great for the game. They're normal except for the trips on the yachts in the off season. <laughs> uh, yes. Blue collar until. Especially reach. when this guy's paying for it. <laughs> and I would look at go, this guy's time for this and this guy's time for this. You had, you had to pick up the tab? Come on. Yeah. And my wife goes, you have not a chance there. I said, hi, you think I'm going to take money? They're still my kids. No matter what they do, until I'm dead, they're still my children, and I'll still take care of them. That's great. That's what she told me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what yeah, I was going to say, who's, who would say that? Well, what about what about the South Beach bills, though? Like, those are those – are, <laughs> it's more expensive down there than in St. Louis. Have, it, have you made it – have you made it down – well, we're we're actually we're actually uh, building a place in Naples, so oh, that won't be ready for another year. <laughs> but I'm still going to be spending time here too, St. Louis and then Naples. But 
Um, now, Brave Matthews on his own, but he's buying. He just bought a house down uh-huh. there. That's what he said. I saw him. You know, I, I, I saw him a week or th- I saw him a week or two ago, and he said he hadn't worn shoes with laces in them for like two months. Like he's all flip flops <laughs> all the time. He's he's figured he figured it out real quick. Yeah, well, he's uh, yeah, he's got his little golf cart. He drives around the neighborhood. Not a little golf cart, cart but uh, yeah, he's busy with everything. But uh, yeah, he's looking for. I said, you know what? It's got, probably going to be better on your body waking up. You know, instead of the cold and achy, yeah. but you know, the travel schedule. You know, you're in the U.S. You don't have to go through customs a lot, but you know, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be a it's, it's gonna be tough. You know what? There's no. I mean, I told him I go expect. You know, it's going to be a lot more difficult than you think. Just plan one. You're going to a new team, a new organization. Uh, you're not familiar with a lot of these things, so it's good. It's not. It's be focused and be ready to go. And I think he is. He's had a hell of a summer, and I think he's a good big brother for Brady, for Brady and Taron because he did a lot of thing, great things this summer in terms of dedication, working out, and I think it's it's been great for him. And you know, I expect big things from them. And you know, obviously. You know, he wants to do as well as he can. And, but living down there, it's, uh, you know, I, I can just see a difference in his, in his, the way he talks. You know, sometimes, you know, it was tough during COVID mm-hmm. being in Canada. Let's just face it. It was, yeah. it was difficult and he was by himself and, you know, like a lot of people were. And it's tough. You know, I can just tell in his voice, he was just, you know, it's having a tough time. Yeah. Well, Keith, thanks for doing this. I got to ask, so I've got I've got my lucky Ray Ferraro bobblehead, Thrasher's bobblehead over my shoulder. Do you have any Thrasher's stuff behind you on that? You got to have a Keith Kachuk Thrasher's jersey I, hanging up. Come on. I, I, only, I got a picture here somewhere. <laughs> of, 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 I don't know if you can see that. Of me, Taryn. Oh, wow. Matthew, oh, there after, it is. After a game in Atlanta, or, I was in Boston or something. Is that, so. is that Matthew? That's oh, amazing. That's, that's, Math, that's Matthew on the top right, right? It's Matt. No, it's, this is um, Math Matthew yeah. Brady. My daughter Tara. Gotcha. So. Yeah, by bottom right. That's what I meant. That's that's great. Oh, sweet shirt! Sweet shirt I have there, buddy. Sweet what do you got? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Woo. That's a lamb, wow. baby. I have teeth there too. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> well, thanks for doing this. It was awesome seeing you. And uh, yeah, you- thanks for having me, guys. Good luck with everything. Hopefully, I'll see you guys around the rink sometime. Yeah, Sounds good. All right. All right, boys. Be good. See you in Selfridge. There we go. Yeah, Yeah, right. I'll be right there. (laughs) So, Sean, how quickly before we book a flight to South Beach to go hang out with? What do you mean before we book a a flight to South Beach? (laughs) We recorded that interview a week ago, maybe like five, six Mm -hmm. days ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't know that I haven't booked already, brother. Are you in South Beach? Again, as we speak? again, my location is none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I I couldn't love that family more. The, um, I, the, the Thrasher's photo made it oh, for okay. me too. I, like I'll have to I'll have to do a screen grab on Twitter. I, I realized as I was asking him to show us things, I'm like, oh yeah, this is great podcast. Like he's like, here, let me reach behind and pull out a photo. That's I'm like, better. oh yeah, no one can see any of this, but. Uh, it did produce. So the big, all right. So the, 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 big, the big takeaway too is that he's still doing doing the dad thing and paying paying for vacations, which is you know you hear that and you're like Matthew just signed for a gazillion dollars and Brady just right. signed for a gazillion dollars and you're like, well, maybe he doesn't need to. Uh, Keith did fine for himself. We looked at <laughs> we looked it up beforehand. <laughs> well, hold on. Yes. Who do you think of Keith Matthew and Brady has had the highest 
annual salary in a in a contract. If you had to, if you had to slot them, I, I, so, you know the okay, answer. So now. I, I know Shoot, the answer, but I think I would have probably said. I think I probably would have said Matthew, but not but not by much. And it, it is instead it is Keith by uh Keith by a healthy margin. Keith Kachuk has by, made a yeah. he has made eleven dollars or eleven million dollars in a in a single season to play to play for an NHL team. Like Nathan McKinnon just signed a, you know a deal that barely eclipsed what Keith Kachuk made in his his finest season in, in earnings power. So. A, I, I'm sure he's lording it over his children. Of course, you'd be like, "Come talk to me when you make 11 million a year." Uh-huh. But B, if you're the kids, yeah, of course, Dad's paying for the trip to Greece. I, I don't make your, the kind of money you made, Dad, when there's no cap. Uh, my dad, my dad picked up the tab at a restaurant last week. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm still getting alligator arms when I'm like, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, never- my poor parents. They always pick up the tab and they go, "Hey, but why don't you leave the tip?" And I'm like. Oh yeah, sure. And I'm like, oh, I don't carry cash. Don't carry sorry, cash. sorry. You're gonna, gonna, you're, gotta, you're, <laughs> you're gonna do that too. So every like every single time we've been doing this for forty years. <sighs> do right. we have other stuff we need to talk about? We do. Oh, we have a whole other segment. A whole other segment. The one you might even say is the best. Coming Not just the best. After, oh, well, sorry. Go ahead. Why don't you throw it to the break then, Sean? I was I was saving that for for, for after the commercial. There, you fool. Mm. We'll be right back. This is the only good segment on the show. It's when Craig and I crack open the old comment section. We see what you left for us. Mm. We comment on your comments. Mm-hmm. Pretend to answer your questions, but don't actually. But we never but don't do. actually. Especially if they're about hockey. Because you know why? You know why? (laughs) We don't know shit. We don't know anything. This is really, if you think about it, this is where we're exposed the most. Where we don't have control over the questions and we can't prepare. Yes, because it's impossible for us. How on earth could we know what these comments are before we actually read them live? I mean, I guess we could. Live to tape. No, 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 no. There's no way. There's simply no way. I have to be... Reading these for seeing these for the first time and making sure there's no. It's part of the fun. Yeah, it's part of the fun. I like when we get halfway through and then it turns dark or negative and then we have to like stop or. Yeah. Bad words or weird personal grudges being aired. Mm. TJP says, loved slash laughed during the Michael McDonald impression. <laughs> there's. <laughs> I did not see that coming, by the way. <laughs> there's a lot of. There's a lot of people in here who are. You know, people are people are praising my impression ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're praising it more and more. So, <laughs> some uh, people are. Some are saying. Some are saying. So, oh, my gosh. Guy comes up to me on the street a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Big guy. Big, strong guy. Big. And he's, uh-huh, he's, got, uh-huh. he's got tears in his eyes. And he says, sir, your Michael McDonald impression was to die for. Now, that's funny because so you must have done it elsewhere because we just – that was a couple of weeks ago, that interaction with that fella. And that was just last week's show where you did it. You know, so time you is time is a funny thing, man. You never know. <laughs> yacht Rock. That came from a Yacht Rock question. <laughs> you guys are the best. Uh, Shanna or, or, or Shauna, apologize if, if I'm butchering her name, thinks Craig might be able to get closer to a Bob Dylan impression, which is what TJ asked for. Uh, Can you do you're, a Bob Dylan? 
Um, the only the only Bob Dylan impression I can do is when he's saying "Don't think twice, it's all right" as a reggae song, mm-hmm. basically in the live at Budokan album. <laughs> he was very, very uh-huh. much, very, very much on it's heroin true. at the time, and he looked he looked bad. Ah, that was, was it. We'll save the one for later. Daisy, yeah. <laughs> Tangled up in blue. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I saw on the Dylan. Side of the road. Yeah. I saw him with Wilco and My Morning Jacket, and it was it was unlistenable. Boy, boy how about you? Why don't you break down the demographics of that concert, there, Craig? Lot of dads, <laughs> lot oh dads in that one. Lots of that was the quarter zips were running deep at that at that one. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. <laughs> That might, was, might as well just been like the dad tour. Imagine at the merch store if they ju- if they just had like unreal selection of quarter zips for all for all three acts. They would, they would have made. Billions. I would have bought so many. <laughs> um, Alex R says the new Friday show. No, she's talking about or he's talking about should only be allowed to interview Canadian born Americans or American born Canadians <laughs> in order to not steal the thunder of the Monday and Tuesday shows, which is we've been over this. I think at some point or, or another on the show, I feel like there are more of those than you think the dual citizenship Canadian folks. born Americans, American um, born Canadians. Well, there's Jacob Chikrin. We go. Um, um, someone who I'd rather not name. Jesse really? W says full six. No, no, no. Yeah. no, 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 no. Oh, go ahead. Alex says the full sixty intro is the best on the site. Full sixty intro. Um, hey, wait, wait, wait. Shout out to the full sixty. What is what Who's, is the full sixty? For listeners who aren't familiar, uh, that was a podcast that I once had where oh, we, it was so great. There was no co-host. It was just me and the guest, <laughs> and it was sixty minutes of depth and conversation. And maybe even learn a little and cry. <laughs> you la- laugh a little, cry a lot. Laugh a little, cry a lot um, at times. Yeah, that's cool that your first, your way of gassing up the full sick, you're saying, well, first off, there was no co-host. There was no co-host. <laughs> um, it was great. It was great. I, I, I'm, yeah, it was a lot of fun. This is amazing. Daisy M. This Canadian loves the so-called American podcast. The banter and the guest. Sportsnet has a bias towards the Canadian teams. That's completely true. Sportsnet, most mm-hmm. most Facts. most major I most mean. major media companies are biased towards Canadian teams, and specifically the Toronto Maple Leafs. I love hearing your insight on the American teams. Daisy says, "I want to hear an in studio interview with the Kachuk family and the Hughes family." That's a big ask. Oh my gosh! In studio, all right. There's a, where would our studio be? My, my I, house. I, honestly, like I'm I'm. Uh, flattered that daisy thinks that we have a studio and it's just not too clearly i didn't even have the mic on last week two shitheads (laughs) talking to their computers from their houses if you go back and listen which i'm sure you all noticed my audio was terrible because my mic wasn't activated (laughs) that's how professional we are poor producer jeff was like hey it's not a big deal craig but Uh this week if you don't mind not only do i need you to plug your mic into the laptop but also make sure that's the input Mm mm-hmm when we record a podcast or a major sports media website. We need to do family feud with the Kachucks and the, and the Hughes. Oh, my gosh. A family feud with the Kachucks versus Hughes? Um, Jim and Ellen, you hearing this? They've been on. Were they, they were both out at the same time. I've lost track. I, can't, I think they were both I, on. I, Maybe that was the I, full 60. It might have been a great episode of the full 60. back. Then. Lots of people gassing up the flyer segment. Charlie, Charlie, was, uh, Charlie was great. 
He always is. So good. Um, it's crazy that it took him. Well, you know, me, me and Haley actually had him on when Craig was on on holiday over the summer. But that's his first like official Tuesday show uh, appearance. Really? I believe so. Um, Corey E. Craig, with Sean's face turned to the Canadian podcasters over the summer with a Monday show. Uh, I did that because I was asked and I'm, and, I'm a, and I'm a good teammate. And now a Friday show, which is a whole nother gimmick in and of itself. Are you worried he's trying to Marty Jannetty you? <laughs> that is a wrestling reference. <laughs> okay. Are you, are, does that not land with you like whatsoever? Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, the rockers. Mm. I, I shouldn't walk close to windows. Is, are you going to push me out of a window? You never know. Stranger things have happened. People die every day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what? <laughs> listen, listen. Hey, everybody, will you mute your, will you take your headphones off for a second, Sean? Yeah. If something happens to me, everybody, like in the next week or two, you, you heard that, right? It's look, Sean Gentili, look, who lives at look, in, in look Pittsburgh. Look towards him, 1122 Boogie Woogie Avenue. 1122 Boogie look. Woogie. There's Boogie Woogies <laughs> in every city. It's true. It's like, it's like Elm Street. Every town has a Boogie Woogie Avenue. Mm-hmm. Ted C says, you guys remember Gentili plugging that ball-shaving razor with a vacuum in his Santa <laughs> voice? <laughs> the Santa voice. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, my gosh. L- little Craig Custins. <laughs> <laughs> little baby boy Craig Custins. That was the moment I knew Rich Little ain't got shit on Sean Gentili. That was. All of us figured it out there. <laughs> That's the only, like, I I don't share what I do for a living with many people. Like, my family doesn't know. I don't think my friends don't really understand or know or care, even, you could say. But that ad read was one of the only times I've taken my work world outside of my work world and said, hey, I, I don't want to explain why I do a podcast or, or the reasons, but you have to listen to this ad. You said, this is the reason I do a podcast. This is the reason. Because it was Santa Claus. It was... My, all right, so I'm going to rank my three Sean Gentile <laughs> impressions. It's Santa Claus 1, Phil Kessel 2, okay. which he's constantly doing. At some it's, point, you guys will hear Sean's real voice, which is way different. It's like whenever, just does, it's like whenever, it's like Kevin Pollack, how he just can't stop doing a Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. That's you, enough. You do really good. And Lorne Michaels is three. You guys have never heard it, but just a great Lorne Michaels. All right. Richard S., this is going... Richard S. says, he's been listening to Tuesday Boys, hashtag Tuesday Boys Fizzies, for over a year. And I always picture my friend Hot Peter when I hear Gentilly. Shout, out to, shout out to Hot Peter. Hot Peter. Now that I get to listen to his goofy ass twice a week, I decided to look up pic- look pictures of you guys up. Craig, you're pretty much exactly how I expect you to look. But Sally Gentilly, with all due respect, doesn't look a lick like Hot Peter. It's fine. Oh. Nobody calls me Hot Sean. I wouldn't expect that. My question is, this is from Richard mm-hmm. S., how tall are you, Sean? You look to me a tad below average, but five servings of shrimp, an entire basket of cheddar bay biscuits, and two large beers makes me think you're six three. Uh, there's, there's a hold on. Uh-huh. Can we unpack this yeah, question? Uh-huh, there's sure. a lot here. There's lore in this question. This is there's like, a lot of here. Yeah. Okay, before you answer your, your height and you give all your measurables here, um, what? So sh- first of all, Sean's voice made you think he was hot, Peter. I, I have questions about that. Mm. Second of all. Um, is it a compliment or a you backhanded compliment gonna... that I look exactly how you would imagine? He's like, this guy sounds like a a dad who's probably in his forties. 
Yeah, I think that's no. You look, you look, you look nice. You sound nice. You look mm. nice. Um, I'm five ten. I uh, I unhinged my back. That's not. True. That is true. That is true. It's, I I'm I'm I sc- absolutely scrape five ten. I've been I've measured as such for medical professionals. Um, and I will hold that until the day that I die. I don't believe that. I've met you, Sean. I'm taller than you. It's not tough. So, so I'm a tad above average. I believe the average American male is five foot nine and a half. Which, brother, I'm not. <laughs> you know, though, if you eat five servings of shrimp, an entire basket of Cheddar Bay biscuits, ah, uh, yes, two large beers, Sean, up, Sean gets to six up. one. Yeah, Sean gets to six Sean, one real quick. He's also a ten in the dark. A lot of people don't know that about Sean. <laughs> Um, <sighs> well, I'll say this. You know how like no hockey players are actually five foot ten. They all say they're five eleven or six feet. Mm-hmm. I am the same height as all those guys. So okay. if, I, if I were a hockey player, I could get away with saying with saying I'm five eleven and a half or something. Like a certain other fellow who play who who lives who lives in and uh in and works in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Sid, Sid ain't that tall. Uh Michael K says, now with both your alma, alma maters playing on October 1st and your next show being after this game, can we have the loser of this game have to sing the fight song of the winning team? Uh, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen for a lot of reasons because Craig's not allowed to sing anymore. And I don't even think I could get him started on the, on the, Maryland, on the Maryland fight song. Um, yeah, this, this would have been good to read before the game, I guess. We could have, instead of like as... Uh, the other thing is, Sean was trying to like trash talk in the middle of that no, game I wasn't. and texting me. You were te- texting me like Mel Tucker texts yeah. that I just wasn't ass, engaging. Your ass, le- your ass left. I've me already in, given up. You left me on read. I just, I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm not engaging this. I'm tired. I don't. This is a lot. Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker. Everybody will be fine. I'm not worried about Mel Tucker. Okay. Sean, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what? What's important is that Mel Tucker was not fine last week. Eight win turns. Adam Nightingale, baby. by the way. Adam Nightingale, best recruiter in the country. Yeah. Michigan State hockey will be a powerhouse. There you go. Okay. Way to bring it back to something. <laughs> it's somewhat related to the somewhat podcast. Somewhat related to the podcast. <laughs> Lee B, need more AI-generated lists, please. <laughs> Which was that that stupid handsome coaches list you completely got suckered by. Not only did you get suckered by it. I know. I was ahead of the curve. Everybody else. There were there were stories written about this. There were questions asked asked to coaches about this. Insane. The I that feel like seeing all seeing like that turn into a a talking point among NHL media for a solid afternoon. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. Like I, I was like, am I the only one who doesn't care about this? It's week whatever of training camp. The season hasn't started yet. That was a gift from the AI gods. Mm-hmm. Jen says, do an Ilya Brzgalov impression. Brzgalov impression, which is the combo of the Wyshynski, the Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. Brzgalov impression. And I'll let you know if, if you can give Wish on for his money. No. See, I just, I keep these in myself. Wish will deploy any of his nine impressions at the drop of a hat. He's just looking for any excuse to do it. I'm going to unveil these over the course of the next several years. Um, if you want to go back into the archives, the the Greg Wyshynski full 60 episode to tie this all together is really a fun listen. Hmm. 
I'm just gonna. <laughs> Greg, you it know, was, um, he's he's fine. It was probably back in like 2018. <laughs> Greg, um, Greg's not for me. Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, by the way, before just in case, I I've, I always forget that like the the podcast that I do with Wish, like 45 people listen to, and many more listen to this. We are we are friends. We have been for a long time. We do we do another podcast together. I don't talk about hockey on that thing. It's about oh, okay. it's about fast food and you know whatever. Fletch can confess Fletch, which we talked about for a half hour last week. Fletch, the new Fletch, mm-hmm. John Ham Fletch. Is it supposed to be good? I hope it's, it's supposed good. to be good. Is there any way it's good? It is good. Oh. It completely tanked because they basically buried it on purpose. Whatever, oh, it's whatever out. Su- it is out and streaming, my friend. It, it oh, it got a, th- it got a theatrical that. release and made, I believe, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in, in its in its in its opening weekend. Total total disaster. But but um, critically. The reviews are all really good, and I haven't watched it yet, but I will. That could have a second life. I think the the whole plan for that seems to be, like, in a perfect world, it would be like Columbo, basically. How there used to be, like, Columbo TV movies every every couple years, and Peter Falk would come back and just do that. Like, it'll just be a direct-to-streaming Fletch yeah. movie that comes out every other year with, with, I'm with, okay with, with John Hamm. That's what it should be. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about John Hamm for a second. I was actually thinking about him yesterday for a while because I'm concerned. I feel like he's become too accessible. Like mm-hmm. um, he's doing progressive ads. I like John, like he's on a lot of podcasts. He's so likable. And I, I enjoy when I see, I'm, I'm pumped when I see him, but I'm like, he was, he, he was on SNL. Then he went on Eli and Peyton. I was thinking about it. And I'm like, I, I just don't want people to think he's, you know, I think I think the Fletch thing will will scratch an inch for him, and he can maybe get back to doing some a little bit more serious stuff. Because that guy's hilarious, like, and 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 really wants funny. to be known, and what most of all wants to be known as being hilarious. So I think that's he I, really I is. We got it. We got. He's really fun. You're, we, no mission gotcha. accomplished. Go do go do a prestige TV show, please. Let's do Mad. He's a let's, subscriber. Hey, let's do Mad Men too. Him, he's a big Jeremy Rutherford fan. You ever seen that? Believe, if you see a John, that. if I see a John H comment in the next, because he is a subscriber, noted subscriber, and I knew that. Well, listen to photo, the Tuesday there's show. There's a photo of of. Correct me if I'm wrong. John Hamm holding up his phone. Yeah, with, with the, like yeah. A, with like a Jr. story on it. Is that right? So Did I make that up. It's no, true. that's a true story. Like this all comes from a, a, a place of love because I, I'm a huge fan, and I just I just don't want him to be too. Um, Overexposed. This is the last one. We're we're gonna finish on this yeah, one. Connor says, okay. "I was very depressed a couple weeks ago to see PK Subban retire and realize that this washed out, decrepit bag of bones is my age." Welcome to the club, dude. It doesn't get any better from here on oh, out. Which players do you think will hit the wall this season? Not necessarily elite oh. players, but guys in their early thirties who've been consistent producers and just don't have the speed or stamina to keep up with these pesky kids skilling it up. I don't know if I can answer that question straight away right now, but I promise you that over the course of the season, this is going to come up a million times because it's something we talk about inevitably, right? Like we, we talked about it. We talked about it with Subban. We talked about it with Chara and Keith Yandel. That was like the whole thing last week, right? Where it's like, oh my God, these guys, Subban's younger than me. Yandel's, Yandel's my age. Like I'm, I'm at the point now where these guys are really starting to phase out phase out of the league so it's going to come up constantly i can't think of anybody i can't think of anybody offhand you know how when did you realize that you were washed up like when as a as like a like just in general i feel like yeah like like in general like in life yeah yeah. i feel like it happened honestly you were like past your prime i feel like it honestly kind of happened for me over the course of the of the pandemic 
Like I did, like mm-hmm. I was still going out a lot and staying out late, like at the start of all that. And now it's like, eh, I just don't, I don't really feel like it. <laughs> I'm done yeah. anymore. So it was like staying inside for two years, just atrophied the part of my, the part of my brain that, you know, likes to have fun. Great answer from, from Jeff, from Jeff DeMent, John Tavares. Oh yeah. That's I think everyone, everybody, everybody needs to be concerned about, about, about John Tavares. Like if you look at the 07 draft, that's PK's draft class. Like there's, you know, it's loaded up with people that are in that range, right? Uh-huh. That age range. The so Logan Couture's and I mean McDonald. We just talked about and Shattenkirk's and <sighs> Pacioretty and you know. I'm trying to, it, I'm trying to just sort descending. I want to Dom's little, little things. Oh, yeah, whatever. We'll we'll be fine. We'll talk. It's a good. We'll question. talk about. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later on. It, it's always it's always something that's gonna that's gonna come up. Honestly. I'd be worried about about Nazem Kadri. I think mm. I think I think that those are those are city miles on that on on that dude. He's thirty two. That's like these guys. These guys are these guys are getting old. That's that's what it is. Like I don't think there's a lot of people out there who realize that Nazem Kadri is about to play his about to play his age thirty two season. Ryan wow. Ryan O'Reilly showed some showed yeah, some showed some signs last year of of de- of decline. Uh, and like I said, I, I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to accept that, but I think that's, I think that's true. The one that kills me is, is still, this is not a, it's not, not a unique thought, but it's, it's, it's Tyler Sagan. Sagan, mm-hmm. Sagan, Sagan hurts. Cause he was like the first, like, I, it, I feel like he was like a little kid when, when he came into the league in between injuries and, and, and all that stuff. He's doesn't have, doesn't have a ton of rope left. Quite a bummer. That's really sad. So we're going to end it on a really depressing note of mm-hmm. uh, just how, you know, we're all going to die at some point, probably. <laughs> and time, we're one day closer. Time waits for right? no, time waits for no man. Time waits for no man. And John's already threatened me <laughs> once in this podcast. There's, I got a few, few plugs I want to get in mm-hmm. here. Um, well, first of all, go to, if you want to, if you want to be on next week's show and ask great questions, like everybody, Go to the comment section of this Keith Kachuk episode, the Joe Smith Keith Kachuk episode. Leave a comment um, and we will make sure we'll definitely read it in the moment and maybe even answer it. We answer most of them. Um, Mm. We answer a lot of them. Mm. I'll answer the the good ones. Rob Pizzo, Jesse Granger, and Mike Russo are the Wednesday roundtable on the Athletic Hockey Hockey Show Daniel Nugent Bowman, DNB, in the house. We're doing the lap, the season preview lap. I'm talking Oilers. Fascinating team. Yeah, they really are. With, with probably one of the two most handsome coach, you know, <laughs> in the league. Definitely, definitely more handsome than the number two coach. Um, Presented to you by blah 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 dot com. <laughs> Did it? They got. Here's what I, I would read a story about the whole like whoever's idea it was, and if they got a raise. Yeah, the pro- also I'd like like this is one of the things about this podcast being American. Like Jay Woodcroft would be a great guest. Um, I like Jay a lot. Yeah, sorry, and we sorry, can't brother. have him on. Like I would, I would say sorry, but Jay, he's not from he's not from Michigan, is he? There's not even a there's like, no like excuse. Ah, uh, but what we could do, his brother Todd is the coach at Vermont, good college Perfect. hockey program. Perfect. There's always we always have time for the Woodcroft family. Um, so that's the Wednesday show. 
I think Sean does a show later in the week. I, I, I don't know if I want to encourage anyone to listen to it since it sounds like a ripoff of this one. I haven't heard it, but um, if you want to listen to it, that, it's that's fine. out there. Uh, I think we're I think we're talking flames this week. I think I think we're gonna have we might have Julie Julie on possibly to, oh, to talk about Calgary, finish up our lap around around the league for uh, for preview questions. And by that by that point, by the by way, the way, by the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. That show drops. That show will drop on Friday afternoon. By that point, our season preview, our season projections will be finished, mm-hmm. and um, we'll just see how they're received. Oh gosh! Okay, <laughs> if you're a regular listener, you probably have these last little plugs memorized. But we have a new one. I want to encourage everybody right now to subscribe to the Athletic Hockey Show on YouTube. Oh God! Really? We're doing YouTube, that YouTube, like the one with video. Oh, where sweet! People can see us. Great, 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 great. So, uh, so everything I've done. Are we on? On this is going to be. Are on. we on right now? Uh, is this being videoed in oh, some way? <laughs> That's great. P- people can, people can figure out that I'm constantly chewing gum off mic and all never, those looks. Never, with it was Sean know, looks like he's never like never know what to do with my hands. Oh my god! And just like pressing his forehead oh, so god, hard and staring into space. Oh You'll get to watch all of that, and then you're gonna be like, "Boy, he looks just like my friend Handsome Todd." <laughs> Handsome, yeah, but not but not hot but not. not hot Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be like, "Craig looks, huh? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah." Michigan license plate behind his. Oh yeah, he's super Midwest everything. I don't want people. Midwest I, dad. I, I gotta like. I gotta come up with a better background here. I don't want people to know shit about me. I don't want again my location. None of your business. He goes with the blurred. I'm always suspicious of people. What are you hiding with a blurred background? Oh, it could be everybody could be with any, a blurred could background. Be anything. Hiding something. Also, so do that. Like let's let's get some momentum. Let's let's get a, a nice audience in there so we can have lots of people watching our YouTube page. Um, or what, I'm talking like a thousand. What are you? Do, what are you YouTube? doing? Like, let's you, get out of here. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button on YouTube, bro. Oh gosh, there needs know. to be Is like anything else. There needs to plug? be like there, no. There needs needs to be like bit like title screens of us, just like every shitty YouTube video where it's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, producer Jeff has to put a bunch of like. Like when they ring the bell, the big giant bell cartoon comes out. <laughs> oh, good luck. oh, here, there's another thing to plug. I, so, as you know, you can subscribe to Ath- Athletic Audio Plus and Apple Podcasts. Gets you bonus content. Content. Context. And we are providing the extra content next week, Sean. Oh, great. Get excited about uh, that. Congratulations, so get ready for everybody. The Mount, <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of washed up players. Guess what? We've we've spent weeks, weeks plotting our comeback to the Apple Mega Super Podcast Plus page. Also, more breaking news. This is a great outro. Guess who's doing the Monday podcast next week, Sean? That's next week we're doing this. Next week. Next week. Because fake Canadian holidays are back. Oh, my God. That's right. Uh, it's us. It's us. We are the Monday show next week because apparently the Pilgrims landed in <laughs> Saskatchewan yeah, whatever. earlier. Hudson Bay? <laughs> I, I don't know. And then, a- and then after that, of course, so August or o- October 10th is us filling in for the Canadian Thanksgiving show. And yeah. then October 17th, we are filling in for the Canadian Christmas show. Because that is when they, 
<laughs> open open presents. Remember when we did the Queen's birthday or whatever? That last year? Gotta get this lady off the money, I'll tell you that much. Can't wait Oof. can't wait to pay for tolls when I'm driving through Canada with shit with Prince Charles, whatever Prince Charles' face on it. He's cool. Uh, and of course, as uh, I mean, just special right now, you can get The Athletic for a dollar a month for six months. If you go to theathletic.com slash hockey show. Hmm. And if you are going to use a hashtag, mm-hmm. please use the please. right one. <laughs> it's not one. <laughs> it's not one Z. It's not four. Hashtag Tuesday boys three Zs. Smash, smash that like button on YouTube, bro. Let's smash go. the like button. Subscribe. Thanks to the Kachuk family operation for a great show. Thank you to Joe Smith, to producer Jeff. I mean, mostly to producer Jeff. I'd like to thank my mom. For cutting our- I would like to thank my dad. <laughs> my best friend. I don't friend. want this to end because then I have real work to do after this. This is this is really what I'm doing right now. Guess Can what? You see it in my face. I don't. <laughs> time to write. Time time to write previews. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.